Hello guys and welcome to episode 28 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast, a podcast discussing the things gamers like to put off, get to another day, and oh yes, we'll definitely beat later their backlog. I'm your host Adam and today we will be dipping our toes back into the game of the year, or my game of the year for 2023, as I played a recently released DLC, Echoes of the Fallen, for Final Fantasy 16. I absolutely loved Final Fantasy 16 last year, and though it wasn't a perfect game by any means, it had a lot of flaws, uh, it was still by far the game that I had the most fun with, the game that had me on the, the edge of my seat the most, and the game that made me actually like think the most about that game of 2023. So after the kind of like it's dropping now announcement of the Game Awards, I was super hyped uh, to see that the game is getting some more story based DLC uh, because I was really itching to return to the world of the twins and Valicia, or however they pronounce it, Valisphere. Um, but yeah, is the DLC actually worth your time and money? Let's talk about it in this week's episode. So, Echoes of the Fallen is the first part of a two-part DLC planned for Final Fantasy XVI, with the second, called The Rising Tide, planned for a release uh, later on this year. It's, it says it's supposed to be early 2024. Uh, I mean, we are in early 2024, so I'm hoping it's like around March time, but uh, yeah, let's see. Um, and there is actually an expansion pass for Final Fantasy XVI. You can buy it and get both uh, DLC expansions in it. Uh, but I actually decided to pick up Echoes of the Fallen as a standalone DLC, which cost me £7.99, uh, which is kind of interesting because I think the, the price for the expansion packs is £24.99. Yes, it is £24.99 at least in USD, So, which is quite interesting. So it maybe suggests that the Rising Tide expansion is going to be twice as big as uh, Echoes of the Fallen, since Echoes of the Fallen you can get for like £8. Um, but yeah, that's kind of interesting to see what that will be. Anyway, the story of Echoes of the Fallen takes place just before the final section of the main story quest. Uh, basically, if you've played Final Fantasy 16, there is like this this last section where it says, are you sure you want to continue with this mission? Because you, there's no going back after that. That's basically where if you beat the game, the game brings you back to. Uh, in your save kind of file and it, in your save file it says okay you've already beaten the final quest uh, but it brings you back here and then if you want to keep playing in your regular game mode uh, like you don't want to start new game plus if you want to keep playing in your regular game mode you can then start from there and go off and do the, the final side quest which actually unknowingly uh, is actually a, re, re, uh, a prerequisite to, to start the DLC. There are two side quests that you have to finish from the main game before you can start the DLC. Uh, these are the Where There's a Will and the Priceless missions. And these missions are basically side quests that are focused around Joshua and Jill, where you go off, uh, you kind of have some side story with them, you resolve the side story, you finish these missions, and then both of those characters join your party full time. So in the base game, it was that if, if there was a story point they would join your party and be there for the story, but it, otherwise, if you were just roaming around doing side quests, you would always just be you and Toggle. So they, yeah, they, they are always in your party once you finish these missions. And yeah, at first I was a little bit annoyed about this because I was like, yeah, I know what the side quests are like for Final Fantasy 16. Most of them are just like go to this place, kill this many enemies or collect this many flowers, which is more or less exactly what these two side quests were. But it was actually quite a good thing for me because it gave me a chance to relearn the combat mechanics of the game. Um, and it was on relatively easy enemies because I was really overpowered for, for the enemies at this stage of the game because I'd already beaten the game. So it was actually quite nice kind of running around. Um, you know, I didn't, I didn't, when, I mean, you have to fast travel to get to locations, but at locations, I didn't use my chocobo. I just kind of walked, took on as many enemies as I, as I wanted to until eventually I found like I was um, back into the groove of 
the combat and then I finished the quests. And honestly, it was it was really a joy getting to relearn and re-experience the combat in this game because even though in the base game, I felt like the combat was quite easy. It's so kind of like, not addictive, but it's just so, it's just super like fluid and fun to play. Like if you've ever played like a platinum game, it's, it's kind of like that, like you get into a zone of, of uh, basically attacking, par uh, parrying, uh, dodging, um, using your special moves, using your ultimate moves. It just becomes like a really good flow. Like I really like the the, uh, the staggering system where you kind of pile onto an enemy until it's staggered and then you can go into like your ultimate form and just do tons of damage on it. It's a really, really like awesome combat um, sort of mechanic and a combat mode. And it was just really, really nice of, of getting back into it, learning the swing and actually really quickly picking it up. Like I've had other games, like I remember going back to The Witcher 3 after not playing it for a while and then trying to relearn the combat there and it finding it really, really challenging because by then I was so far in the story, the enemies were really difficult. And there was also kind of a, a groove and, and a zone, like getting into a zone with that combat as well. And I could just never pick it up, back up. So I ended up just putting down the game and never going back to it, which was a shame. But this, after a few, a few fights, I was back in, I was ready. Uh, I had everything I needed and I could start the DLC. And yeah, so I've completed both of those side quests and basically then you can uh, start the Echoes of the Fallen quest line. And to do this, you have to go to Karen's uh, shop in the, uh, what's it called, the, in the hideaway. You go to her and talk to her and you'll see there's a big purple bar that says Echoes of the Fallen. That basically starts the quest line and I'm gonna go over the quest line. I am gonna go into like kind of spoilers, but it's not necessarily, I mean, it's very much a, this is more or less what you've been doing in the entire game. But basically, uh, Karen has a mysterious purple crystal um, that has been appearing on the black market. And the thing that's kind of unique about it or the thing that's kind of weird about it is that the crystal only holds enough magic for one use. So you use it once and it crumbles. And the other crystals in the game that you've you've heard of until now, they, depending on the quality, they have multiple uses for magic. Um, so yeah, Karen is kind of worried about these crystals flooding the market because of uh, things that happen in the base game where Clive decides to destroy a mother crystal it basically causes the prices of the, the the crystals to go up and everyone is trying to get hold of them and there isn't enough crystals now to make demand. So now these, these they're called dust crystals, these purple ones, enter the market and people are getting really angry because they, they feel like they've been duped because they only can be used for one, um, uh, one use. And these crystals, yeah, basically only been appearing on the market since Clive and the gang destroyed, I think it's Drake's spine is the first one they destroy. Um, so yeah, so Clive and uh, Jill and Joshua decide to investigate the crystals and end up tracing the source of the crystals to two, uh, sorry, to three like almost comical, almost like not very slapstick, but their 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 lines are very silly, uh, but very free, very comical merchants. And what I thought was funny is that they have northeastern English accents, so it's kind of hard to tell for me if they're from Sunderland or Sunderland, Newcastle or Middlesbrough because there's like twinges of of all of those accents there. So it's kind of interesting for me to hear these like very well-known accents because I'm from the northeast of England. And uh, yeah, and also how kind of silly these merchants are. Um, and yeah, there is this kind of sequence where Clive and the gang try to get hold of them. The merchants keep running away. Uh, and eventually the, they, the merchants accidentally leave Clive and, and uh, the other two, Jill and Joshua, to the source of the crystal, which is in a fallen monument known as the Tower. And the Fallen, if you haven't played the game or if you, you can't remember from the game, the Fallen are like this lost civilization that were this really advanced civilization that somehow kind of fell from grace and uh, disappeared. But throughout the world uh, and throughout the twins, there are these old 
huge monoliths and monuments and and ships that have become kind of like uh, almost like towns and villages in in the current time uh, because the, the the technology was so advanced that it's still like safe to live there kind of thing but the technology doesn't work so yeah it's kind of like this this lost civilization um so yeah because Clive basically hates mother crystals and into the story. There's a reason for that in the main story, but uh, I won't go into it too much. Um, but because he hates mother crystals, uh, him and the gang decide to enter the tower and try to find the crystal's heart and destroy it. And basically, as you go into the tower, um, it is obviously a tower, so there are multiple levels to it. And as you ascend the tower, you learn more kind of lore about the mythical fallen and how they use technology to try to take down Ultima and the other gods. And also as you descend, you are basically going up and facing tougher and tougher opponents, um, which are the, the enemies in the in the DLC are more or less just reskins of uh, enemies that you've already seen, uh, but they are a lot more difficult. So the, the, the combat in this in this DLC is a, a little is a lot more challenging than the base game, uh, mostly because the of the level of the enemies. So the enemies in, in the DLC are all level 47. Um, and I when I entered uh, when I started the DLC, I was on level 42, so I was a little bit under-leveled. But yeah, it definitely is, is a challenge um, because one thing, I was under-leveled, and two, I just think these enemies, they are slightly overpowered and also their attacks are, are, are harder to, to kind of get the rhythm of. Um, so yeah, it was a, a more difficult DLC, but uh, we'll get into that a little bit why I enjoyed it. Um, and then yeah, at the top of the tower, tower you basically uncover uh, what has what is going on. There is an awesome boss fight with a fallen mid icon, and after you defeat the icon, Clive uh, destroys the crystal's heart, and that is more or less the DLC. So it's it's really like uh, if you played the main game, whenever you go to to destroy any of the mother crystals, that's kind of the extent of the DLC. It's like that one that chapter of the game is the DLC, um, and yeah, that's more or less it you kind of then the game is then kind of then like all right now you can go and fight ultima but i already did that so i didn't want to, to do it again and uh yeah that was the dlc you do get some cool weapons and armor uh, and accessories for finishing it um you get this really cool looking sword and um yeah for those interested if you're a trophy hunter there are five bronze trophies to unlock in the dlc there's also some cool things i don't know if it's added with the dlc or it was just added to the game over time but there are also they give you um, the the sword from Final Fantasy VII uh, to to use, and they also give you the onion sword. And there are also now like multiple outfits for the characters, so you can kind of customize how you want the characters to look, um, and you can also customize which sword you want to wear. So if if there is a sword that you really like the look of, like I use the Final Fantasy VII one. Even though its stats were worse than my actual sword I was using, you can just say, okay, I want to use this sword's stats, but I want it to look like the Final Fantasy VII sword. So I did that. And then afterwards, yeah, when I got the sword from beating the boss, that sword looked way cooler, so I just decided to use that one. And it had better uh, better stats. And yeah, I think um, just talking about my impressions, like I said, I, I, I thought the, the DLC was quite challenging, um, but it was kind of like, uh, I would say it was hard but fair. So basically you go in, you're in this tower, there's no way to buy potions or anything like you find them, but there's no store in the tower, so you can't go and buy them. So it kind of gives you like limited resources to um, to fight your way up. But what I liked was that is if you do get killed, you basically restart the fight at the exact moment that you left it. So if, for example, you start the fight and there are two enemies and you kill one, 
and then the second one kills you, you'll when you respawn, it'll only be that one enemy will be left. So he has, he, he'll have full health, but you won't have to kill two again, which I, I kind of appreciated because I was like, yeah, so, like I said, sometimes I felt like the fights were a little bit weighed against you. Where you're like, okay, this this you walk into a room, you're like, God, how am I gonna beat all of these guys? Like, I had trouble five minutes ago fighting one. Now I have to fight two of these guys, and they're they're both really difficult. But I think it is really fair in the sense of like, yeah, if you do manage to kill one, then when you and it kill and the second one kills you, then you respawn and there's only one left, which I liked. It's also the same in the boss fight um, where, and I think they did this in the base game as well, where there are more or less checkpoints along the boss fight, and if you hit a checkpoint, then if the boss kills you, you restart there. And one thing that's also kind of nice, but also maybe makes it a little bit too easy is that when you respawn, you always get full potions and full high potions. That I felt like was a bit like, okay, maybe making the game too easy. Um, but there were sections where I would respawn with full health, full uh, potions, and I would still end up use, nearly using all of them to, to, to finish the fight. So yeah, maybe I'm just not very good at the game. But yeah, I did really appreciate that it kind of respects your time. It doesn't make you go back to the very beginning and do everything again. Maybe that's just the psyche, the psyche I'm in after playing Zelda because Zelda was, uh, Twilight Princess was very much like that. Um, like if you died and you have to start from the last save more or less, like in the old school ways. Uh, and uh, yeah, there is a podcast up about Zelda Twilight Princess if you want to check that out on, on the channel. Um, but yeah, I did really appreciate that. What I also really liked and what in general I think this game does great is like I love how the game manages to mix sort of like a high fantasy uh, story and setting but also mixes in like this futuristic technology. Like there are sections in the in the game and in the DLC where it, it feels like you've been transported into like a what you would think a video game looks like where you're on a flat plane, there are kind of these geometric shapes, there are these really vivid kind of pink and purple colours um, and the soundtrack changes from this kind of, you know, orchestra, um, orchestra sort of string uh, symphony into like drum and bass. And, and somehow they, they, they seem like they should clash, but the game molds them together really, really well. And I think this just really adds to the style of the game itself. Um, and yeah, going on to the style of the game, the, the visuals in the tower look gorgeous, like this, this huge monolithic structure that you're inside how it kind of feels very very kind of technological but also very um sort of, sort of organic at the same time is awesome and also the remixed enemies even though they are more or less just reskins of enemies that you've seen they do a really cool job of kind of adding lore to them because the enemies that you fight are, are basically enemies that have been frozen in time so they are the version of the enemies that you've been fighting in the base game but from like fifteen thousand years earlier so they look bigger they look rougher they look like wilder um and uh yeah then they just look really really cool um one thing though you still can't get away from and this is my biggest sort of criticism of the main game is you can't get away from the sort of ai animation um, like mouth animation um for the scenes that aren't cut scenes so there are lots of scenes where it might just be the three characters talking to each other and um they the mouth sync doesn't match with what the what the actual uh, what is actually been said. Also, the the facial expressions and everything just looks so basic. Like it looks like they you know they aren't really looking at a character. They're more turning their body and kind of moving their eyes. But it's very kind of almost very puppet feeling. Um, and that obviously changes when like it's it's very cut and clear to see where you know the animation had a really massive budget like in the cutscenes because all of the cutscenes look gorgeous, um, but then in these sections just in game like in engine just look very 
almost like yeah like like the the characters are puppets on strings uh, especially just after playing um goodbye volcano high and for that there is also a podcast episode up and even though that game is 2d they did an amazing job with the facial expressions of the characters so in that game there are like just little tweak twinges or tweaks to 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 the face that feel very realistic and feel they they portray the character's feelings so perfectly Whereas in this game, it just feels like the, the characters could be made out of wood and their mouth is just moving um, and words are coming out. And um, yeah, it just doesn't, it just kind of pulls you out a little bit because the game looks stunning, but then then there are times where the characters just feel very wooden. Um, and yeah, it's also the same with the kind of the line delivery. Like the line delivery was is, is always good. Like it's good what they're doing, but it just always feels overly dramatic. Like almost like kind of like... Uh, almost like like emo-y you know like kind of like oh yes well we we have to save the world and oh and everything's kind of delivered at this tone doesn't matter if if the if it's meant to be sad or funny or, or whatever it's always on this very rough like sort of edgy dramatic tone which obviously fits in with the world but again i think just after playing goodbye volcano high and how good the voice actors were in that game it just yeah just feels again very kind of like dry and 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 like almost like old fashioned in a way, even though the game's quite new. Um, but yeah, nevertheless, to be honest, I, I really enjoyed being back in the, in the world of Final Fantasy 16 because I think it is a, it's still like a great game, even with the stuff that I, I don't like about it, like the kind of um, stilted animation. Um, it's the, yeah, it's a fantastic game. It was awesome to go back to these locations that you know I'd known so well from the from the base game, and also to go into a new location to learn a bit about more about the Fallen. Uh, it definitely really gets me excited for the second expansion, especially if we're looking at the price point. The, that game, that expansion should be twice as much as this one. Um, so hopefully it's twice as big at least, or, or or expands a little bit more. For this for this DLC though, for Echoes of the Fallen, I do think the price point might be an issue for some because it is eight pounds basically for a side quest, um, and it took me about two hours to beat the beat the DLC. Uh, so that might be a bit steep for some people uh, because, yeah, yeah, maybe if you didn't enjoy the base game as much as I did, you're kind of like, well, I'm, I don't really want to pay eight euros or eight pounds just to go back in and play a side quest. Um, yeah, I think for for those people, maybe if you are interested in getting back into Final Fantasy 16 at some point, it might be worth waiting for the second DLC to be released and then try and get the, the expansion pass in a sale. Um, but for me, yeah, it was, I really enjoyed it. It was awesome kind of going back into the world of Final Fantasy for an evening. It's really getting me kind of, getting me itching for more. And now that Final Fantasy VII uh, Rebirth is on the horizon, I'm like, hmm, should I, should I invest in those games? Uh, mostly it's a time investment because they're, they're both long games, but apparently the new one do, does a very good job of summarizing the first one. So I'm like, maybe I should just buy the new one and play that. Um, but no, I really enjoyed being back and it was just like a nice, yeah, like I said, kind of one and done thing, kind of added to my experience. Uh, it was great to be back in that world and I really enjoyed it. So guys, that was episode 28 of the Beat Your Backlog podcast. Let me know if you plan on playing Echoes of the Fallen uh, from Final Fantasy 16 or if you still have Final Fantasy 16 on your backlog. If you do, I highly suggest playing it because like I said, it was my game of the year for 2023. 
As always, you can let me know uh, your thoughts on, on this DLC or on Final Fantasy 16 as a whole. Um, by basically, in, if you're on Spotify, you can go to the description of this podcast and type in your thoughts there in the question. Uh, there might even be a poll down there as well that you can kind of vote on. And if you're not listening to me on Spotify, you can go to my Twitter or my uh, Instagram and kind of ping me there. Um, Twitter is at SwitchIndieFix and Instagram is uh, Beats, no, B underscore. Uh, anyway, it's Beat be Your Backlog. You'll find me there. I can't remember. I don't have my outro text on the screen right now um but yeah otherwise guys like i always said uh, we are a newish podcast and it would be great if you enjoyed if you subscribe and or follow wherever you're listening and wherever you're listening it would be great if you could give us a five-star review because reviews help new people find us and we want as many people listening to the podcast as possible uh, a little bit of a short one this time but i really did want to talk about echoes of the fallen so i hope you enjoyed and we'll see you in the next episode bye bye